All right, what's going on? Thanks for coming and checking out another episode of Happy Hour. Uh, we're back in here. I was out for the week last week. I was really sick. I don't know what I got. I told him. I told you I got strep throat. I told other people I got the flu. But well, I wasn't going to kiss you either way. So. I, <laughs> I won't sell you out on camera, but (laughs) anyways, yeah, we got a a good one to get into. Happy Halloween. I know it won't be Halloween when y'all are watching this, but it's Halloween for us today. So we were going to do costumes, but Mason bailed on us. So we just kind of got put in a spot where we're not wearing costumes. But nonetheless, Astros and Phillies are playing today. So I wanted to kind of open up with some of that. Have you been watching any of the World Series? Uh, No. As a matter of fact, I have not. If I wasn't an Astros fan, I probably wouldn't either. But, you know, especially so for those of you who don't, I guess, keep up with a whole lot of baseball in 2017, Astros made it to the World Series. I've been an Astros fan like my whole life. Right. So finally, you know, we get to the World Series. They win. It was a great experience to watch and everything. And then after when that kind of surfaced, well, I guess what that does to the fan, like your whole life, when you're a fan of them, your whole life, you're kind of like okay, great. Like now what, you know, you kind of lose, I feel like I kind of lost interest in watching baseball after that for a couple of years. Cause I was like, what are they going to do? Win the world series again? Like, so, uh, they keep feeling good teams. It was the crazy thing. Yeah. Well, because they've, they, they have a good system. Like they've got a really good, like actual baseball program from top to bottom. So they do a good job of like recruiting people and building people up to be in the pros. But, uh, you know, for a couple of years, like, I'm always talk. I mean, my whole life, I've always talked trash with Rangers fans about the Astros, like, you know, living up here, but being an Astros fan, we're always getting into it. So I finally like, you know, I'm rubbing it in their face, like Astros won, where's the Rangers World Series ring, blah, blah, blah. And then comes out that Astros cheated. And then I just kind of had to go back <laughs> in my little hole. Like, you know? um, but what I love about it is that, so they've been back to the World Series twice since that, since the cheating allegations. And since they had to fire the AJ Hinge, like some of their, a lot of their team, they got rid of that contributed to that. So my mom called me and she's like, so what do I say to my friends that are like talking trash about the Astros? Cause you know, she's an Astros fan too. I was like, just ask them what time the Rangers play. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, and she was like, I love that. <laughs> so, you know? so uh, no, I'm just happy. My whole point in that whole story. Well, you grew up in Decatur. Why were you an Astros fan? Well, okay. So my, my mom isn't like, my parents don't really watch a whole lot of sports, but my mom's side of the family's from Houston. So like my dad's into like rodeo and outdoor, like fishing, hunting, stuff like that. Um, he, you can't really pay him to sit down and watch a full baseball game or a, like he always has to be. Hey, I, I can relate, you know, in yeah. general, I don't watch a whole lot of sports cause I choose to participate in life. Yeah. And I have that philosophy. I do watch cowboy games. That's one, my one exception okay. and it's been enjoyable since they've been really good this year. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't watch a lot. I don't, I put the college basketball or football games in the background sometimes on Saturday for fun. But, yeah. You know, I've got a one, three and eight year old and they, it, it's hard to compete with Coco melon and, and yeah. all the other goofy stuff they like to watch. So no, I get that. I feel that's what I've said too, is since I have like got out of school and have a career and what have you, like it's a lot harder to keep up with that stuff. But now like if they're in the playoffs, I'm going to watch it. Sure. But I don't know. Growing up, I just, every game I was always, always watching it. And I was really into it, but so hopefully Astros win. They, uh, they've had a, they've played a, a good series. Like just the general, like they, they're, they lost their first playoff game in game one of the world series. So 
It's like, can't complain about that. So, um, anyways, did, uh, I know you probably didn't watch this. Do you even know who Jake Paul is? No. <laughs> okay. Really? Have you, have, you've heard of him? You've never. Okay. Wow. What is this? Another social media guy? Yeah. Social media guy. He's probably, he's probably like a year or two younger than me. Um, you know, Anderson Silva, Silva the boxer. Yeah, I do. Okay. So, uh, MMA. He, okay. Sorry. Yeah. He's, he was in MMA. Yes. So anyways, Jake Paul is this, so he's, uh, again, a couple years younger than me and he, he got his start into the social media world when he was, I guess I think he was like in high school or something. He just, he got him, he got on to Disney and then I can't believe you've never heard of him. He is a YouTuber, does MMA stuff. Yeah. Well, he just, so he transitioned into, he was kind of like a meme. I feel like, you know, he had like fans that were like 13 and he would do these like ridiculous, like rap shows for the 13 year olds when he was like kind of coming up and it was just the most corny, like it was, it was hard to watch. And then he got kind of trolled so much online that I feel like he picked up boxing. Cause it's like, what are you going to, you can't call me soft now. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a boxer. So uh, he gets in his first fight. I think he fought like a uh, professional basketball player. So Nate Diaz knocked him out. Um, and then it's like, oh, okay, he's a basketball player. Like, cool. You knocked out a basketball player. You know, you've been training for boxing. And then he fought uh, Ben Askren, who was MMA, knocked him out. It's like, okay, but he's pretty overweight, like out of, you know, and then he fought, he knocked out Tyron Woodley, which was also MMA. And then he, uh, he didn't knock out Anderson Silva, but Ander he beat Anderson Silva in a boxing match, like by decision, you know, so, which is impressive. You know, I don't want to under, I've always on this podcast, I've always kind of uh, defended Jake Paul's boxing a little bit. Like, I think he's very smart on how he picks his fights out. Like he keeps picking people that's going to get the attention, but aren't skilled to the point that it's going to, you know, it's like, there's a chance to win. Yeah. It's like, that's actually probably going to be a decent fight. And like, losing Sanderson Silva is not the worst thing. Yeah, sure. You know, so yeah. I, it's kind of like whatever the big money guy, uh, uh, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, and, uh, Jake fighting Connor McGregor, right? You he know, fought, he fought. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. I give Connor incredible props for being able to even stand a chance against. McGregor. Yeah. You know, probably one of the best boxers out there. Even though he's not the most fun to watch, Floyd is pretty boring to watch, but yeah. he always wins. He always wins. So Floyd fought his brother Jake, or sorry, Logan, about a year ago in an exhibition. I mean, that one wasn't like the Connor fight. Like you could tell the Connor fight was like a real yeah, I was kind pushed. of spar. You know, <laughs> like when it was Logan Paul, it was just like, you know, because Logan Paul is like two or three times the size, like in height to Floyd Mayweather. So then, but he's still having to do the whole, what do you call it? Like when they clinch where they're just kind of like hugging him, you know? Logan Paul's just sitting there on Floyd Mayweather, who's like little up to yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? But no, nah, the Jake Paul Anderson Silva was pretty good. Um, I don't know. I was, I, I feel like I kind of wanted, I just, I didn't really care who won, but I was like, man, it's going to be a good fight. And I thought, I thought Jake, I, I was watching it. It was actually funny on, I couldn't find um, a free stream for it. And I got on TikTok and there was some some kid that was just like live streaming him watch it. I was like, oh, cool. So I'm watching this like on TikTok sideways and the kid, it would be like in the heat of a fight and the kid would kind of like slant his phone down. Everyone in the comments like, dude, wake up, put your phone down. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's like, but uh, it was decent. You didn't catch it? No. 
Not a Jake Paul fan. No, huh? uh, no. This weekend's it's busy every weekend when you have three kids. Like yes, this. yeah. It's, I mean, there's uh, you run around doing things for them for sure. Okay, yeah. And the, today, obviously, Halloween, big event for them. Yeah. You know, last night we drove around, and uh, my daughter. It's funny what you know because they learn and start learning their words and stuff. They have funny words for everything. And she's three and a half now, and she calls it uh, uh, spooky houses, smooky. Smooky? Yeah, smooky okay. houses. So we have some houses that she sees, and she says, look, you know, let's go let's go see the smooky house. And then she'll <laughs> say, ooh, smooky. I've gotten <laughs> some videos of her doing it. It's really cute. That's, that'll be good. Yeah. Throw, it on, throw it on the TikTok. We'll, uh, I should get us some. I have a lot of funny stuff I could probably <laughs> post from, you know, they're my kids. I think everything they do is great, right? Yeah. So it's one of those, do I show videos of my dog every day. Like, you know, I don't have a dog, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I think they're great. Um, and I'm sure some, you know, I'll probably get some interest in it. Yeah. Some of my videos of uh, Kimbo, that's my dog. I, when I first started YouTube, I'd like, it'd be a mix of like some of his funny videos and then mine and his videos always, people were way more interested to watch my dog than me. So you might be onto something there. Yeah. He might've had more <laughs> things to share that were more important. Yeah. Um, okay. So last time, last podcast, we talked about Kanye West. Yay. Actually, I got to get his name right. He changed his name. That's all new to me. Right. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not very, I'm terrible at pop culture. Terrible. Yeah. And like watching him, you know, I, I knew who he was as a, as a performer. I wasn't he the one that went on stage on Taylor Swift's opening. Yeah. And, and, and embarrassed that whole situation when she won or something. Yeah. So he did so much outrageous things. I don't know if he, I, I don't know why he does it. And then he'll be incredibly strong on certain things that I happen to agree with. Right. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll listen. And then he goes off this Jew thing. Like, why, <laughs> why, why would you do that? Like why, yeah. why, why create so now he thinks like all the Hollywood, you know, producers and stuff are all like part of a Jewish conspiracy yeah. against everybody. So, yeah. It's like, dude, stay off of sensitive things. There's no well, reason to do that. So that's what I wanted to get into. Cause last time when we did, when we went over this, um, it was pretty much, I think that that had maybe happened, but it had, ju it, it was like happening as we were doing the podcast. Yeah. So it, we were talking more about the white lives matter shirt and the Candace Owens documentary, yeah. um, which I did watch the Candace Owens documentary <laughs> since then, by the way, it was food for thought, you yeah. know, Candace is on point and she's acid to anyone that's, that's <laughs> yeah. grown up thinking a certain way. She's yeah. absolute acid to them. Yeah. She's actually, she's so you like, brilliant. you like Candace Owens? Oh, she's a brilliant. Then you'd like, and you'd think it's a good documentary. But she was focused probably on that side of what she's, you know, what's meaningful, <sighs> important to her. And he happens to have some agreements in those things. Yeah. And then he, he does, man. He takes a well, hard right, right turn. To and, and to, yeah, that is like, that's why I'm, you're, you always have to be careful watching any documentary because they're there to sell you on their side sure. of, you know, you, you have to think both sides, I think. But um, anyways, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, but but yeah, so what the first the first point I want to make on the whole um on the on that specific what he was saying on the I guess I guess it was the Jewish stuff that he that they took him down on drink champs. But I was I was actually like I was actually upset that drink champs took him down. So I don't I think I've told you this, but I I think you have issue with sponsors with drawing their sponsorship on issues like this. Like so whatever it is. So well one of the reasons I started this podcast was drink champs. Like that, I was a big fan of drink champs. I actually, one of the, in 2020, I did a podcast with DJ Effin, who's a host on drink champs. It's on the Spotify, go check it out. But it like, so, you know, 
why I liked them so much from the, from the beginning was because they, their whole, and, and I have the same issue with, uh, Andrew Schultz flagrant podcast right now too, is that you come into this whole, okay, I'm going to come in and be a disruptive podcast. You know, we're, we're, we're against radio. We're going to, we like the whole casual, you know, do, doing it ourselves type of model. And then they, they, what they, they think you're right. So if we're competing with the radio business, what is our edge? It's our edge is that we can't, you know, we're in control of our narrative to a degree. Like we don't have anyone over us. that's going to tell us we can't say that. Right. Uh, yada, yada, yada. So these brands like drink champs and flagrant, they, they embody that when they first come out and start the podcast. But as the size grows, they go against what I would consider to be, even though it may not be in the language they use, but it's against their uh, business model. Maybe not model, but what's the what's the word they use? Their, uh, you know, Whole Foods has their slogan. It's like live healthy, eat healthy, be whatever. Um, well, I mean, it, they're they're and once you have increased influence, you're going to have a challenge against you know whatever you yeah your culture yeah so whatever their end product or end user is they consider that and when they conflict they have to make a decision is it in our marketing interest to continue to invest in him yeah you know and I, I i understand that position i mean nothing's probably bigger today than musk right taking over twitter right what yeah. is that going to look like yeah and i i mean you know what it, it's fascinating to me cuz you know i just like i just finished art of the deal by Trump, right? I just went through, I listened to how he does his negotiations because if nothing else, he's darn good at that. Yeah. And I've learned a lot about his personality and why he does things the way he does. And it's funny because, you know, back in the eighties, he was heavy into, you know, dem uh, democratic uh, uh, politics, real heavy. Everyone he talked about, every person, every, everything was all Democrats, all of them. Okay. But his entire philosophy and business and everything he does is anti-Democrat. Yeah. It's really weird kind of listening to him to kind of go through this and talk about everything when he never believed in what they believe in. Yeah. You know, but I feel the same way with like Elon Musk isn't going to come out as some hard conservative. He's just not. You know, I think yeah. I just don't think he cares either way. Right. He just has his own way of thinking and he believes free speech is above everything else. OK, well, you know, Twitter is still a private organization and free speech is going to have some filter at some point because the moment, you know, even in real, you know, even in life. Right. Whenever my rights infringe on someone else, that's where I've crossed over. Well, at some point, Twitter is going to go through that and he's going to have to experience that. Yeah. He will have to put in boundaries and things with that. So, yeah, I, and I agree. I'm with you. And, but I, I still feel like, cause that's, that's, I just wanted to focus, I want to focus on the Drake champs part where they say, you know, like we want to bring artists on and they're quote, give them their roses. Like we want to celebrate them while we're here. This is the, the aura of our podcast is to be kind of go a little too far, you know, cause that's the they drink on it. It's called drink champs. They drink, go a little too far celebrate the artists they come on so then when after the they do the podcast and then they decide we're taking this down like we're removing this podcast from our platform it does sound counter and then, to, and then intuitive to what they and then they they say for. like we're uh they have to kind of they have to kind of make up their defense for why they had kanye on versus their whole point of the podcast is to celebrate the artists so it's kind of for me it's like 
okay, sure, I get it. And I, I don't think that Nori or Effin were the ones that maybe said, look, we have to take Kanye down. I think it was probably Diddy because Diddy owns Revolt TV, which had them on. So, so it's probably someone higher up, which is why it seems a bit disingenuous from Nori and Effin to me, like to see how that kind of played out. Um, but I just, I just didn't like it. And it's the same with, uh, like I said, with Andrew Schultz on, uh, his, his podcast is called flagrant. Same thing. Flagrant. We want to go, we want to get rowdy. We want to, we want to go too far and say things that get under people's, you know, and then it's like, but when a real, so like when Andrew Tate gets canceled, when Kanye, this is happening to Kanye, when all, I'm not saying these, anyone has to agree with what the person individual said. If you're watching, you need to know what you're getting into. But if you're in the, if you're in that field of like the flagrancy and the, the raw, you know what I mean? Like then, then don't be one of those people that just leans into whoever's getting canceled. Like, Oh, let's just jump on them. Let's get the views. Let's set, let's do it in a way that it's not going to negatively impact us because well, that, that doesn't make authenticity cool. If you're only going to be authentic when it, benefits you you know what i mean like it if you're going to be authentic and you know when you know there's no repercussions for the perspective you have they win by the sword and they die by the sword to a degree yeah yeah like so they can attack and be aggressive and and say outlandish things yeah but when it affects them in a negative way then they have to choose to die by the sword too. If you're going to be a part of that culture that's how i feel to a degree or or maybe just don't speak on it if it's going to make you look bad, I wouldn't even be as like, like if, if you know, you just can't do that right today. And I, I think you should, I, I think you should have a premise. And so integrity has to do with, you know, even if it's an outlandish things, right. If I'm going to say that I'm going to produce this type of thing, even if it offends a lot of people, then I have to willing to take it to the end. Yeah. Right. That's part of the, that's part of the process. When you say, well, I'm going to do this cancel culture thing. Yeah. Right. And then I'm going to say, well, I had pressure. So my whole philosophy of creating, you know, things that create a lot of excitement and and anger and frustration, whatever it does, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to cancel that. They they, they lose credibility and integrity in what their product is. Okay. You do. You're going to lose that. By, by doubling down and go, continuing to go the... No, if they would have continued forward, then you have integrity about what you're producing. If you decide to start canceling things that are outlandish, then, yeah. then, then, then you're working against your own model. Right. Right. Yeah. Then now you're... Might, then be Facebook, right? Be something else. Right. Don't be who you think you are. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I just... It just... It bugs me because there's so many... That's so... It's such a thing right now. It's like, be authentic. Be... But... but not many people like big or small, like do it. Like they're only authentic when it, when it looks good. Sounds cool. Well, the irony about it is like people that don't like what they have to share and say they're, they're not going to watch them. Yeah. You know, which is still going to always be the case. The only problem is that they can create a strong culture of division and hate. Mm-hmm. that can be consequential and they have responsibility in that as well. Yeah. So, you know, I still think you should have integrity about your product too. Yeah. You can push buttons and get under people's skin, but to do it, to create, you know, a fight response always is going to, is never going to be a good thing. I just don't, I don't like that, Yeah. but there's a place for it. And there are only people that are in it are listening or following it, but they can follow it to a, a, a definite negative end. Right? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's always that, that side too. Yeah. I don't know the right answer. I'm just, I mean, I'm kind of playing both sides a little bit, but yeah, you know, either you produce a product that's going to have the results you're looking for and don't change, 
But if you do, then you have to have responsibility in the event that we have negative events. Yeah. And a lot of them want out of it and they, you know, they. So do you think that the interview with drink champs, and let's just call it drink champs. Cause I know he did another one with like Lex Friedman and some other people that he <clears throat> said some wild stuff about the Jews, but I mean, what kind of negative impact comes from leaving that up? Would you say like, what do you think? You know, what are the negative, what are the repercussions from that type of content? Leaving his conversation. I don't, I didn't, I didn't watch it. Okay. I didn't even okay. watch it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, Cause I, I was going to say, Kanye I can, is not that interesting to me. I just think it's fascinating that he can be incredibly hard in positions that are totally polarizing. Yeah. You know, you know, just totally polarizing. And, and it could be as he's seen as maybe like some extreme right version because, you know, he has this against anyone that, I don't know, like he's just so polarizing. Yeah. I don't even, I don't know how to explain it. Well, and I think too, I, my, it's an artist in him because he's trying to be polarizing, but it just like, it's incredible. Like it's hard to follow him. And he is thinking he, I would, I tend to believe that and I think this is a bold statement right now, but I, th I still think that he, he thinks a few moves ahead other people. Like when he goes on those podcasts and says these things, right? Like he's in part of, part of him saying some of this stuff, like you can't not argue that he might be trying to get out of an Adidas contract. Some of the stuff he says about the white community, you can't help but think that that might be a play for him to gain white voters if he chooses to run again in 2024 which he's said that he probably will like he's he's hinted in the direct not you know in the direction that that's a good possibility so it's like whenever i think a lot of times he'll say things not to say that it's some of the things he says are right but i think a lot of times he'll say things looking at the benefit from a move that's three or four steps out and then the the general public sees it at just face value and I think it, on top of it being controversial, I think it can create more miscommunication, which like adds fuel to the fire. Sure. Would be my kind of take on that. But um, we still, I, I still like Kanye. I don't know. I know you said your take. What do you think? Are we, I'm not, I'm not good at pop culture. Are we canceling him? Uh, I need to probably cancel him. You cancel him? Okay. Yeah. I need to probably cancel I actually, I, I, <laughs> I'm a, I'm just not into pot. I'm not into pop culture. I, it doesn't excite me. It doesn't interest me. I, I speak on a lot of these things cause I think of it more philosophical Yeah. and I think of what would be, you know, the proper end. Cause I, I just have a natural thinking of solving problems in anything that I do. Like what's a, what's a, what's an objective way to achieve what we want to achieve with, with minimum consequence. Yeah. That's just always the way I think about things. So even hearing about these things, I think about what would be the way to achieve what everyone's looking for with minimum consequence and not set yourself up for failure to start. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think it's kind of the play on that. That's, that's what I like about doing these podcasts is I think that that, that gives, cause like, if you think about it in the past, when these types of issues would come up and say it was in the, in TV or it was in the newspapers or whatever it was, right? Like controlled media. Right. There's only one conversation most of the time being yeah. had. Yeah. So now it's like, we like, that's what I think. I think that, Cause I'm, I don't really care necessarily about the celebrity. Like I, I really don't, I, I'm more interested by the issues that like celebrities and people of influence can, how much they can really just influence outcomes in the world we live in today. They can. Um, so I think it's cool to like, to kind of talk about it in the middle. I don't know. Like just to play what you're saying on, on what solutions do we have that have minimal consequence? I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like this, 
Sure. Something. I mean, I, and I'm, I'm not in the middle. I've got heavy filters in the way I think about things. I think all people do, Yeah. you know, and I think sometimes they push against things to hurt themselves, you know? And I just, I just think that like, what do you mean by that? I don't know. Like he, he creates his own problems because of the things he drives and pushes, Yeah. you know, and, and none of it's necessarily going to be edifying or beneficial. Yeah. You know, a lot of it just caused controversy to cause controversy. So, the, and this is why I wanted to bring another angle to that is that, that he might be, I think, I think that him saying this kind of stuff about the, cause he said in drink chance specifically, I know you didn't watch it, but he said, uh, he said, I can say anti-Semitic shit and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Like he's saying things and he's a smart, like he's been in a lot of contracts, you know, like, He's got to know kind of, and I, that's why I think that maybe because he has owner, he has a lot of ownership in Yeezy and that's a billion dollar brand. So if, if Adidas won't produce that product for him and he can go have the rights to do it on his own, cause he's not in a contract with Adidas, he might lose that billion in face value. Did, did Adidas not drop him? No, oh, they did after that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> after he said that, they like, the next day like, woke up, yeah. Adidas drops Kanye, CAA drops Kanye. I, th- I, I thought I remember hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> they dropped him for sure. Um, but, you know, and, and I hope that I, this is my last point. I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about Kanye, but I, I just hope that he means what he says when he says that like, his goal with getting out of Adidas, and this is before all this, but his goal with Yeezy is to make it a more affordable product for people. And I think that would be like, I hope he goes that route when he gets out of these contracts. And now that he's out of the contracts. Well, maybe, I mean, I don't. It, Cause it would, it would give him the potential to make more money. If I don't it's think more Adidas of, is all that expensive. I don't know. His, his stuff with it. Well, I guess his particular yeah, brand and product probably is. His line is, and, mm-hmm. and it's, I would assume cause that everyone's got to make their cuts. Like, you know, there's more people involved, more cuts to be had. Like I put all my kids in Adidas cause I like Adidas gear. Yeah. I like Under Armour and Adidas. I don't like Nike. I'm not a crazy Nike person. I just don't like, I, I, I don't like their shoes. I just don't like Nike. Yeah. Their shoes aren't that good. But that's, you know. They look kind of cool. His are actually, we're, we're ripping on Nike. He's got some fresh Nikes on. <laughs> you know, I run, I, I run, I do sports and I, and I play in them and I just don't like the way they feel on my feet. So yeah. I, I start having this thing against Nike, but then yeah. I just like the way Adidas looks like the way Under Armour looks, you know, yeah. like this is a, a weather, cold weather, Under Armour long sleeve. And I love it. Yeah. I used to run cross country and Nike shoes didn't, just didn't work. I feel like they had a high arch and they're narrow or something about the way that they make them. And I don't know if I've got, well, they have those, foot, that. And then they have the, like what he's wearing too. They have those and they have the wide ones that like the, you know, they're like wide and flat and then they have the high arch narrow, mm. but yeah, I just, I don't like them. But there's Jordan. Isn't that Nike? Yeah. 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 I got a lot of friends that are really in there collecting all that kind of stuff. I just, cause <laughs> that pop culture stuff, it doesn't interest me. Are you going to see Sean out dripped out in some, some Jordan? Yeah. No, suit? probably not. No, <laughs> probably not. Um, <laughs> you can talk about midterms. You can talk about, yeah, so actually state. we had, um, I was going to see, I don't know how long we can spend on this. Uh, the actually, before I talk about this, I want to slip in Facebook and Meta because I've said in the past on a couple podcasts, I, I know I keep bringing up how I kind of like the buying opportunity there, but I'm starting to hate the platforms. I just wanted to bring this up while we're kind of talking about this topic again. Keep it short because I know we've talked about this in the past. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but 
Instagram continues to just temporarily suspend my real estate account. Like I, and, and I, it, what happens is, and, and I'm bringing this into the stock scenario. So what'll happen is, is I will, I'll post something and then it's like, let's say a video kind of goes off for a little bit. Like it'll start doing pretty well and I'll have random people that'll just like flag it. They'll say, ah, this, you know, this is a, I don't like this video for whatever reason. And then I'll, I'll get temporarily suspended. And then I'll, basically what'll happen is I'll go appeal it. It'll come, my account will come back up. And but then I just have to keep going through this process because they just, they're so systematic and they, they don't have any people hands-on like actually appealing the content. So it's- So every time someone flags it and it immediately will temporarily suspend it until they can review it. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's every time they, they flag it, but it's after like, cause some of these videos will get 300,000, 150,000. I think when it gets flagged a certain amount of times, it'll say, okay, this, this has been not percentage, but number of times. Yeah. That's my guess. I don't know this, these, the specifics. I just know it's obviously not a good system because nothing I say on there is like hate speech or like none of it. Oh, you offend me sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it, well, especially I'm saying on the real estate page, like it's only real estate oh. topics. Like I'm not putting the, any, any of the, you know, so it's just weird to me. Like it, so that's why I was, I was just going to say real quick, I don't want to spend too much time on it. I was saying like, look, maybe look at meta Facebook, but I just don't like the platform. Every other, every three posts now they have and paid advertisement that's going to drive people off the platform long-term there's, you know, when you think about the types of content that's getting the most views, it's the minute long vertical shot videos right now. Yeah. And Instagram, while they allow you to do that, it's, it's, I, I, it's the most that their process to post it has the most friction for any other platform. Like I can just go post it to TikTok or YouTube. It's easier to post. It doesn't have as much like weird flags or getting taken down. So it's like, I just post Instagram because it's important. Like it's cause it's there and that's where, you know, there's people there, but like it's the slowest place for me to grow an audience. It's, I just don't, you know, I think long-term I, I can see Instagram disappearing. I have no comment on that because I don't know anything about social media. I can see it. I have people that do this for me. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on back there. I just post content and I try to reach an audience, you know. But I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, and then, yeah, so do you want to, do you know anything about U.S. potentially running out of diesel? Uh, the, the reserves are incredibly low. Yeah. They're, they're low on both, uh, gas and diesel and the, the diesel rate. Yeah. That's causing a big problem, right? So up North where they run on oil, cause that's probably the way a lot of the houses were built and that's just the systems they have in place. They're going to run short of supply and it's like four times the cost already. Um, they're going to have a very tough winter. This yeah. winter is from what I hear is going to be tough all over the U S we're going to have, it's going to be all very, over the world. Is what they're saying too. Yeah. Like it's going to be very cold this winter. The Yeah. Like they were saying, I think in Europe they're, they're saying that t like, and okay, this to be fair, Tucker Carlson, this is what he said. So <laughs> but real quick, he cracks me up. <laughs> he's, he, uh, he's more excitement and, and, and energy. That dude, that dude is funny. Like he, he cracks me up, but he's saying, he goes, uh, 10,000 
I think he said Europeans, 10,000 Europeans will freeze to death this winter. <laughs> He's talking about out there how they don't have, um, they don't have diesel coming through. So I was just feeding on your point that us is looking bad and like across the world is looking bad this winter. And it, it's crazy. Cause they, they'll pull, you know, you'll see clips of, in the past, people in the Biden administration representing him while they're talking, they're saying, yeah, well, you know, you're seeing gas prices come down and we've doubled our commitment to the, the Ukraine, giving them gas, right? Like, it's like, I tell you that that's a real hot topic to me is, is all the money we pour into giving to Ukraine for this, you know, that's a real challenge. You know, I, I, I have a, I, I've really kind of bought into the thought that money that's given to help other people and nations is money that we pay in to support the U.S., right? And there's not any opportunity for us to make a decision or, or, or offer support. I almost feel like helping other countries and things should be a part of us as U.S. citizens, not the IRS, or not the IRS, but the, um, the, the Fed. I just don't think that. I just, I have a weird thing. I agree with that. And I've never heard anyone say it like that, but I like that. I just, I just think that's a problem, right? It's so, like, it's like charity. It's, it's charity. And I don't think the government should. I'll get, I'll just give you a quick, decisions for I'll me. give you a quick kind of analogy that kind of explains it. This, this from a Senator was kind of talking way in the past. It was uh Davy Crockett, right? So Davy Crockett was running for Senate his second term and he was going out trying to get votes you know, they didn't have Facebook back then. So he yeah. walked door to door and start knocking on doors. He knocked on a guy's door. He was the one with a sick hat, right? The, the, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't meet him. So I don't remember. No, but he had the, with the raccoon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, Bowie was the Bowie knife. Well, that's yeah. what I was thinking about him and Davy Crockett would, would yeah. Well, that's the way we visualize. I used them. to have one of those yeah. word all the time. It's a good hat. Yeah. His rifle and his, and his, <laughs> and his furry hat. So he was going door to door trying to raise support for um, running for the Senate position he was in. And he knocked on a door. The guy answers and, and he asked for his vote, you know, and the guy would vote his way normally. And he said, no, I can't vote for you. And Dave and Davy Crock is like, well, or David. Um, yeah. David Crockett said, well, well, why would you if you're on my side and you normally would vote with us? And he said, uh, because you took. There was an opportunity, there was, there was something that was put before their committee to vote on, and they chose to vote and then um, rebuild a, uh, like a, a church or a building that caught on fire. And he said, you know, that wasn't the people's deciding, that was the government deciding on behalf of the people using the people's money. He said, because you went with that, I can't vote for you in good conscience because you're using my money for things that are not government, you know, it's not an issue for the government that should be the people taking care of the people. Yeah. And that was, that had an interesting kind of thinking about it, but it made me really think about how we spend a lot of money in government, you know, in, in Biden's easy to pick on with this stuff because anytime there's a disaster, he gets really excited because he has no problem <laughs> writing checks nonstop, right? No issue, zero issue. He could just nonstop write checks yeah. to fix everything. And he looks like the hero and it's not his money. Yeah. That's that's a real compromise of, you know, it's it, it, I've seen it every does time he, he does, does it. he really look like a hero, though, <laughs> because it's easy for him to stand up there and no, spend money. That's not his. I'm just laughing because yeah. it just does nothing when he's president, does nothing but backfire because he, he genuinely believes he's coming off as a hero. Well, but what's crazy, yeah, but his competency is different. I'm just talking like from a philosophical standpoint <laughs> and, and, and they, yeah, 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 they can write checks to things to fix people's problems. That's that they have unlimited resources to do. Yeah, that's like 
bailing out Ukraine, yeah, we're going to have all support for them. And he has no limit to how much that's going to cost us. None. Yeah. That's not okay. Yeah. Like I have, that's I, not an issue for us today. Issues for us today are the economy, right? And, and, and inflation, not bailing out Ukraine. Right. You know, there are ways to help Ukraine without writing them checks nonstop because that's the cheap way to, I say that loosely. Which, what ways would you suggest? Um, like if you had just one or two. Well, economic ways, right? There's yeah. other, there's other ways that we can help in, in, in put pressure on Russia. How about, um, put additional pressure on Russia di- directly, as a way of uh, controlling the influence that they have against in, in the world. I mean, there's that. And then there's, um, I liked, you know, Trump was really aggressive on the trade things and it changed the world to the point that U.S. was finally starting to become that superpower again. The way he would trade with China and uh, in, in Russia and a lot of these countries, he was not, he, he was interested in U.S. interest, not their interest. Yeah. And instead we've gone backwards on almost everything. Yeah. you know, economically. And now we're in a, we're in a position of weakness that we can't negotiate with them. A lot of them, because we don't, we don't have any strength in what we negotiate. Yeah. You know, that's another way that we can help them. Um, supplying, uh, some military stuff is totally fine with me, but we make it a part of, uh, our election cycle and we make it a part of, it's a nonstop source. Okay. What do we do if, if, if Ukraine starts pushing Russia back, which they will, and they have, what if they decide they want to start fighting Russia in Russia's territory? And I, and if I'm, I'm, I could be wrong, but I think they've already started some of that. Yeah. Already put. So now we're funding a war against Russia, not protecting Ukraine. Yeah. Do you see the problem? Like, it's kind of like back in the day when we gave all these armed weapons and stuff. I think it was during Clinton's administration in Afghanistan. And then they started stockpiling all this equipment we were giving to get them to fight against Russia to break them off. Yeah. Well, those weapons started turning back against us with the Taliban and everything else. So we started fighting our own weapons. Yeah. It was kind of ironic the way it all kind of played out. Yeah. My, my issue with the amount of support it seems like we're giving them is that it seems like the whole decision making behind it is not strategical. It's it's purely emotional. Yeah, a lot of things are driven by emotion, 100%. I think emotion should be responders, right? I just always have. Yeah. I think that's a more appropriate approach. And Ukraine isn't less um, perverse and corrupted than it was before. Yeah. It was a corrupt country. And now we have, you know, the the corruption we're just feeding and defending themselves. And, And I think we should defend them. I don't want Russia to take them over, but... You know, again, you know, they call it a proxy war. It's not even a war, right? So <laughs> what degree, though, could, like, because my, I'm looking at it not from a, I'm just looking at it from a place of, like, on, in the bigger picture, if, I don't think, I just don't, I don't know how much it's going to help us with allies by helping them. No, there's a lot of stupid things about this, right? You know, this happens often in like maybe African countries and other places. They take over each other and we're just like, well, good luck. Yeah. You know, it's here. It, Ukraine did a great job on their own. A lot of it. Yeah. You know, and they've held Russia and it's turned into a long, ridiculous war that Russia's going to have incredible backlash worldly and his own country against himself. Right. It's costing him a lot. Yeah. And we are prolonging that and we're helping the pain. Yeah. You know, create more pain. But you're going to have crisis and things that are way above and beyond what just that proxy war is going to become because we got involved. Yeah. If they just come in, fought, and maybe took over, you know, 30% of it and, and they called it a day, 
then it would be frustrating. Everybody'd be mad, but we'd move on. Right. But now it's going to turn into a, you know, a year or two of continuous fighting and it's going to affect the world economy as well. So like Russia just shut off you, uh, grain leaving the black sea from Ukraine to the world. And they are a big producer of grain, which is going to affect already an issue with famine and other things like that. Yeah. That just happened. So Russia's cut off the Black Sea on transporting grain out of Ukraine. And they agreed in the beginning they wouldn't do that. Out of Ukraine. Yeah, out of Who Ukraine. Are, who's Ukraine typically supplying? Well, it's an export to the world. Okay. You know, specifically, I don't so know. So you mix that with uh, lack of oil and gas to people, yeah. that's really going to drive up the price of food. Yeah, nothing <laughs> we're doing is is helping. And, and, you know, it's funny, like the Fed, it keeps adjusting the rates. So we can relate a little bit back to real estate. They keep adjusting these rates down and they do this in, in history. Historically, you know, if you drop the rate um, half a point or so, it will help drive and work against inflation. But the problem is things like Ukraine and things like all these bailout programs that they've created recently are so expensive that it's create, that's what creates inflation, right? Spending all this money on these programs. And then, you know, then you have the fed raising the rate to try to fight against it. It's not working. Yeah. Like they're fighting each other. Yeah. It's a weird thing kind of like that's happening. Normally raising those rates as high as they have, and they're starting to get into seven, seven and a half, you know, that would, it, it's had the opposite effect on real estate because you go, you draw, you jump one and a half, two points in like two months. The real estate market normally jumps every time they raise rates historically. Yeah. And the reason why rates, when they raise rates, real estate markets jump is because if I'm buying a home right now and I'm paying four and a half today and I know next month it's going to be five and a half, I'm going to go buy a darn house right now. Right. You know, and then you bump me 25, a quarter point. I'm still in the game. I'm yeah. still, but you go two points up. Forget it. I'm out. I'm not reading it. I'm not. And a lot of people get this, this frozen, yeah. you know, kind of view of the way it, it impacts. I will, I'm going to bring it a little bit back. Uh, we have to, I, I have to be careful about how I word this because I know that you can't really talk about election fraud on YouTube. So, but when we get into it right here from the jump, what I, my whole issue with what I saw, like maybe not even issue, but Biden gets elected, right? At the time, I knew a lot of people that didn't like Trump, but I can't tell you a single person outside of my aunt who's always been a diehard Democrat, you know, like doesn't matter who you throw in that party, ride or die, right? I, I really, I, like I saw, I remember seeing one Joe Biden bumper sticker and I couldn't tell if that person was joking. You know what I mean? Like if that was like a troll, like if maybe their buddy threw it on their car. I was like, I saw one Joe Biden singer and I was like, that's the first supporter I've seen in public. <laughs> I don't know. So like when it comes down to, to the fact of like, you had a lot of people that- You're saying your optics don't match the way the elections turned out. Like I, I know a number of people that were Democrats and voted Joe Biden. And, and really? we're in an insulated area, right? So the area we live in is gonna be, especially where we're at, I'm in the suburbs. Yeah. So it's going to be 80% red, you know, right. if you get, obviously you go into big cities. Normally it's, you know, 60, 70% blue, especially in Texas. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I, I do see them. I mean, they go out and they post signs and stuff like that. And I, I'm glad that we have opposing views because if you didn't, you know, the one thing about Trump is he, he brought out the best and worst of everyone. Yeah. Cause he's so divisive and polarizing. He brought out the worst from Republicans and the best from Republicans. He does the same thing. Now he forced the Democrats now to start creating something that people could have faith and believe in. Yeah. And so, and out comes that, you know, unfortunately was Joe Biden and he's still not in the, 
So do you, so you think, mind to be doing it. You think it was a fair election? You think it, it worked how it was supposed to work? Man, I don't give a lot of thought to it. I personally don't think it is, but I don't have any real stats to know. I mean, I yeah. just, it's an, it's like, it's like me trying to drive something directly in emotion. Yeah. It didn't feel right. It didn't look right, but I don't have any reason, you know, specific statistics. I mean, I've watched enough of the mule thing where they were dropping off massive ballot bot, you know, ballots and, and all these boxes all over the place. A lot of it, it looks prima facie, right? Look like it's legitimately creating fraud out there. But is it enough to swing the difference in votes? You know, I, I don't have, I don't, I, I none yeah. of us are really going to know. Yeah. It, just what, a lot of doubt. What I, what I hate now is that it's hard to have that conversation on like, even with this, what, how we're trying to say it, because again, uh, about a year ago, Trump did a podcast with Nelk and in that video, Trump brings up that the election was rigged within 24 hours. They take the, they take the video down. Um, well then a couple of weeks ago, we have an article come out and Eugene, you, he's a CEO of a big data company that was working with a lot of the polls. And there's basically like, they're supposed to be storing their data here in the States. And then there was, they, they they didn't do the job how they're supposed to do it. They're out storing data in China. And then Eugene, you gets arrested, um, for violating uh, privacy laws, something like that with the election workers. Um, so what I guess what I'm getting at is you have these articles come out after YouTube and all these platforms are saying, you can't have this conversation. It's inside. It's, it's incentivizing people to be more divisive and, you know, act out of violence or because they're going off January 6th. And then data comes out that sort of supports Trump's claims on the election and then what happens? So that video is just still can't be up. Like, we, you know what I mean? Like, like what happens when evidence comes out that may be accurate? It's like, well, we weren't just, we just now we're just still not allowed to have the conversation. I, I think in general, most people see a lot of these social media platforms as having a certain political bent, right? I mean, yeah. I, I think it's, you know, and that's okay. I mean, they, they, they are a private company. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I don't like it. I don't like that they get, they, they influence themselves, but they built a private company and they have their own philosophy of what they think is okay and what's not okay. And it doesn't always agree with me, but it is what they are. Yeah. You know, I, I think that a lot of ways, you know, silencing a lot of this stuff is going to create a whole lot more problems for them in the future. Yeah. I I think the backlash is going to be incredibly painful because when the right platform at the right time comes, Meta is gone. Oh yeah. You know, people are going to be so sick of being told what they can say and how they can say it. Shout out rumble. We're on rumble now too, just in case YouTube and all these platforms don't start liking us. We're on rumble, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. I, I just, I think that it's a matter of time for some of these platforms now, especially like I said, on meta stock, just dropping and dropping. Like I, I don't know. It's going to be hard for them to get that stock price back to where it was in 2017, 2018. Like, I, th I just think it is. I think that they're a less competitive platform now in general. And then on top of that, like, it's just like, how, how are you going to get back to that place? Stop getting involved in politics, <laughs> right? you know, because you're alienating an enormous part of your entire population. So let's talk uh, the reason. And the reason I was asking a little bit about the, uh, Hey, take stuff that's inflammatory and creates divisiveness. I I'm fine with that, but they filter it based on whether it's red or blue. Mm -hmm. That's where they have a problem. Cause there is plenty of stuff that's, 
that comes from the other side that's inflammatory that creates problems as well. But they want to focus so much on, you know, their filter and their political game. That's the problem. Like it, and, and, and I told you I'm in it, I'm playing their game too. And, and they can cancel me. I mean, that's, that's something they can do. They're they're welcome to, you know, and that, and that's part of it. You know, I'd rather build a business away from it, but right now it's a necessary evil to, to kind of create an audience. Yeah. You know, and I, I was asking too about the, the Joe, like a little bit about the election fraud, just because when we like, we, we were in midterms now and I was telling you this before, like what, what is, or what are the, I don't know what's, what impact does do midterms have on our population? Yeah. Cause obviously we're not getting a new president, right? Like, so what, no. what happens? Well, it always here? has to do with the, who's controlling the house and the Senate. That's what a lot of the midterms are about. And it's common where you have whoever the new party is in office and if he has supporting in the House and Senate, they typically have a pretty heavy turnover of the House and Senate after the first half term of the president. It's not it's not uncommon. Right. Yeah. So this is something that does happen because, you know, the American people get frustrated with who's in power and they don't like where things are going. And right now, most everything is going in the wrong direction. So this one's going to be a pretty obvious way it's going to play out, even if. Um, even if in some of these races, they actually put out legitimate contenders. Like yeah. I don't see Fetterman as a legitimate contender. I don't see even Carrie hops. I mean, she, she's completely avoided every opportunity to, to debate, you know, the Republican in, in every situation. Like, I just don't think a lot of these are legitimate contenders, but they have to stand behind them. They yeah. even had Obama and because, you know, Biden's not helping anyone. So they even had Obama go to Pennsylvania and try to speak on behalf of Fetterman. Like he's a good guy and he's, <laughs> he's on our side, you know, and, and they'll tell you that, you know, you, you, you know, women won't have any more rights and, you know, they're going to be, now they're going to be slaves. So they'll say all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Just yeah. to create that emotion to get people just to vote one way, even if the guy is not able to even do the job. Do, question for you just cause you bring that up. Do you think women will have less rights if a Republican wins? I know, I know a Republican president isn't going to win, but like Republican house and Senate wins in midterms. Do women experience less rights? Well, nothing's changed. That's what they always focus on is like this Roe versus Wade now makes all women have to crawl to China to kill babies. Right. Yeah. They make this such ridiculous, you know, you can still, if things happen and you need to, you know, go through and have an abortion, you can still do it. What Roe versus Wade getting overturned doesn't change that. You know, and I, I don't know why they keep saying, you know, they want to focus on that. The thing is, is because the economy is so obvious, right? The economy is so bad. Oil prices are so high. Um, We've got this thing with Ukraine. We've got all these things. And a lot of things are in our control in the government to help stabilize and they're not stabilizing it and they're failing on all of it. So then let's focus on a hot topic. Well, everybody loves to talk about abortion. It's very divisive. So you think it's it's that's the hot potato that I tell you what, the average American is not even thinking about that. I'm just telling you they're not. Yeah. But if, 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 if you're blue, you tend to think about it because you don't like anything else. Yeah. So then we'll focus on that. So if you put in Dr. Oz over Fetterman, that means, you know, women will never be able to abort their baby and they have no control of their life again. Yeah. You know, it's not about taking away rights of women. It's, it's basically giving rights to unborn. Right. So it's, it's just kind of like, it's that thing where you have your rights infringing on someone else. Yeah. You know, and, and at that point it's infringing on the baby's rights. 
Yeah. You know, I, I have, I do have a lot of thoughts about the abortion topic. We have nine minutes. Yeah, to get we, a good, we won't have time to dive no, in. I was going to say, we, got, will, we got nine like minutes it. to get a good clip. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's, well, let's lean in. You want to do, do any real estate or anything like that? I don't think, I think we, we might as well just okay, that's get fine. into this. Um, <laughs> all right. So my, my think, so everything that I do. Okay. So I guess for, first off, what are, uh, do you, cause if we're getting to like the, the, the premise of this argument, right? Do you, I guess the real question is, do you think, do you believe that it is a woman's right to have an abortion? I, I haven't really thought of it that way. You think I would have, right? Yeah. I think about, you know, it's really hard to come back and say, no, you can't after we've already accepted it for 50 plus years, right? I know that's going to be a really painful conversation. I know it is. And, and, and a lot of times they always try to focus on, you know, uh, incest and rape, which of the number of babies aborted is probably less than half a percent, right? It's some ridiculously low number and that's an illegal activity Yeah, already. It's already has a protection in place, right? You know, that's an easy caveat that can be made. So to say no abortion does not mean a woman that's been raped or gone through incest immediately now has to have a baby that is, is just not a good idea for her particular position. Yeah, you can't make you can't have a general argument based on an exception. And I think we all are blind, you know, we play blind eye to even where all this even started, right? And it started, you know, uh I think her name was Madam Albright, I think was her name. Whoever started Planned Parenthood in New York had a specific agenda to wipe out the minority and undesirable people. In her particular area, a lot of them were blacks. And her goal was to um, kill more blacks than, than they were born, right? And this was a means to be able to achieve that. And that's the original incentive and purpose of Planned Parenthood. And I have people in my family that are over here like, you know, jumping out, let's go support Planned Parenthood and all these kinds of stuff. I'm like, you know, I, I understand they offer other services that may not cost you anything, but there are plenty of alternative options for women that they don't have to go there for that particular service. Yeah. They just use that as a bait to show that they're offering some type of benefit. And, you know, which, you know, is unfortunate that that's the way it comes across anyway. So that's the original. That, so you think about the premise of how it started. That's where it started from. Yeah. And there are circumstances that is not in a convenient opportunity to have children for whatever it is. Yeah. You know, I think ideally you have a man and a woman that are married and they make a decision whether they're ready to have children and then they do and then they have children. But, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times it's happening outside of that. And then it turns into it's an inconvenience, which is not the baby's fault. Yeah. You know? I have a niece that has two parents that sh that she deserves better. Yeah. It's my brother. Like, yeah. She deserves better than them. But they had her and she's having to live with two parents that really don't have her interest. Yeah. You know, so we've gotten involved and in had to take care of it. But that's a choice that we've made to take care of, you know, take care of her. Yeah. I think there's plenty of alternatives to killing the baby. Now, here's the philosophy that I was going to share is, you know, a lot of times we think about, you know, women say, what's well, my body, my right. And that's their focus and their hinge. The, the problem is, is you take, when you do that, you take a lot of things out of that decision-making process. You take the parents out, her yeah. parents, grandparents may want to keep the baby. Yeah. You take the, um, 
the, the boyfriend or because there's someone else involved. Yeah. You don't just we can't have sex asexually and have children. You yeah. have to have, you know, someone actually be a part of it. So sometimes we take that person out yeah. and they no longer have a consideration. And um, a quick point on that. That's that's one of my issues is with with this topic is that let's say, for example, let's you know, it's it's fully the woman's choice to have the abortion if that's the route the woman decides to take. Now, let's say that you're of the status of trying to think of a someone famous that we both know. Um, I was going to say like Drake or, you know, like someone just let's say you're like a, a huge wealthy superstar and, and you get a girl pregnant when it's her choice. A lot of times they're going to, they're going to take that, that monthly income, you know what I mean? Like if it's, if it's in her best interest to take from so financial incentive for her to keep, for her the baby, to keep it, she'll keep it. So keeping then it's it like, under those terms is not good either. That's and, not, but, then, that's not but good. I'm saying at that point, if the no. guy's like, I don't want to have the baby, it's like, well, I'm having the baby. So it's like, if it takes two to produce the baby yeah. and it's fully in one person's control on the outcome of it yeah. is more and you know, that's my issue. That would be, because yeah, she'd be eliminating whatever consideration if, if you don't they want, have. You don't want the baby with me because I'm broke. Yeah. But then if you want it sure. with me because I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, like, I mean, that's, that's, I don't like that situation either. Yeah. I think making the decision to keep the baby based on the circumstances is not good. And that's one, that's just one aspect, but. I know it sounds counterintuitive what I'm saying, but, the, but the reality, I think, I think how, you know, and the, there are other people involved in it, right? So you, you have your grandparents. Yeah. You have, how about the fact that I don't know of anyone that was conceived alone by themselves without any consideration of anyone else. You yeah. know, I see that as we were given the ability from God to produce offspring and, yeah. and per, per, you know, I think that's one of our main purposes in life because if we're not producing, there's no other reason to move forward in life. Yeah. So reproduction is a part of, you know, God's divine plan for us. Yeah. And if, if I start there, then we take, his view and decision out of it too. So yeah. no longer is it now just my right, my body. Now you've eliminated, you know, everybody around you, including God who created you. Yeah. Now they no longer have interest in, you know, or, or have the ability to make a decision in my decision. So that's where, that's where I think it breaks down. Yeah. You know, I, that's you just also, you thinking. also to a degree take a lot of sexual education out of the whole picture because then people like, I mean, if you just think about it, the whole point of having sex is to have kids. That's what, that's what it's for. And you know, when you say that's not the case and then that, it, it just, it leaves like, okay, if this, if this is a super, if this is a super, um, acceptable outcome, we all agree that it's okay to have the abortion. Well, then it leaves room to neglect some of the ways to be responsible in order, you know, to not but like, what are ways we can not have an abortion if we don't want to have a kid together, but we still want to have sex. Well, then those, you know, solutions can get neglected because it's like, well, we could always just have an abortion. You know, and I've always, I've always thought this way. Like, I just don't think it belongs only with her making the decision. I think it affects everybody else. Yeah. And really, if she decides to move forward with abortion, let's say in that circle, then, you know, it's consequential to her and her health and everything. There's so many consequences that come from that moving forward. I just don't think it's good even for her to have to live with that moving forward. Yeah. You know, one of my close friends, his parents decided to abort him. Oh, wow. And he survived. Wow. And he was born. Wow. And he's turned out to be, you know, an amazing, 
man and a firefighter and everything else. And it, but you know, the decision for them Defied to do that, all odds. Yeah, but but <laughs> to, but the decision for them to make that yeah. they carry forever. Yeah, imagine that, right? So he lived, and they get to carry the decision they made. Yeah, to abort him, and they had they told him when he turned, <laughs> does, does that get awkward? Like no, 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 no. They've come to forgive themselves, okay. but it's still part of like that that whole thing, like. Like I just, I talked to his dad, his dad will break down and cry. Like just thinking okay, about it, yeah. like they, they're really, you know, they cannot believe that they had done that in a, a, wow. even above and beyond themselves. And this is back in 77, Yeah, you know, so things were a little different then. Yeah. Um, how about, you know, my son, you know, the birth mom for my son who we adopted, she, the boyfriend that she was with, it was a one night stand. And he said, you need to take care of that, right? what he that's what he told her so she told him that she did so she lied to him okay and it created a problem for us in the adoption process but yeah. because if he thinks the baby is dead and is still alive we have to notify him yeah but we couldn't find him oh wow so it took us an entire year to go through to figure that but but even my my son could have been a victim this is number seven for her wow it would have been very easy for her to not pay for it and just abort the baby but she couldn't do it she went to an abortion clinic and she saw someone there praying. Yeah. And, and something about the experience was just above and beyond anything she can control. So she decided she couldn't go through with it. Wow. So she even did not even pick out any new adopt. It was a last minute thing. She was in the hospital. She had already left the hospital and we picked Alex directly out of the hospital. Wow. You know, that's crazy. So I, I don't see much upside on killing babies. I just yeah. don't. I'm, I'm with you. So, you know, I mean, that's just, it, it's just, just my thinking. And well, I, just the fact that I, I hate to think that, right? So more, and even in the black population, which are very strong pro-abortion, they kill more babies than they have born. Like, yeah, how can you? I mean, think about that. Like, yeah, you know, and that was one of Kanye's points. Terrible. That was one of his points. He wore that sonogram on his yeah past. Yeah, that's so what he was trying to use, and it's it's an excellent point. I don't know if I like things coming from him to make that point. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's an excellent point, and I, I think it should be more out there yeah. that there are consequences even for our individual, you know, decisions and stuff. Yeah. You know, rape and incest, I can't speak for what she should do. I mean, I just, I, I, I just can't because yeah. I know that's incredibly painful, but there are plenty of other opportunities where bringing the baby in the world is still in the best interest of society and humans and yeah. where we are and for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I agree. Well, I wish we could keep talking about this longer. I know we're out of time for today, but, uh, that turned out being pretty good. I know we didn't have a ton planned coming into it, but it turned out good. Mason, hope you get to feeling better. Um, Sean, do you have anything you want to promote before we head out of here? Or just, yeah, Sean Corbett, true West realty group brokered by EXP. Uh, I'm still here for agents and growing their business. Uh, and anything that I can do, um, I've got a number of very insightful podcasts that I've, that we're putting out there to help agents during this tough time. Um, I've got a couple of them. I just posted one is buying a house right now, a good investment, definitely worth a quick view. It's a one minute video. Uh, and then should you consider the rent value when buying a home? And that's another unusual take on buying homes, something you should consider. And I've got some input on that as well. Yeah. And he has a, he has his own YouTube channel too. It's linked to mine at the bottom. So if you want to check that out or just search Sean Corbett on YouTube, S H A U N E. Um, so, and then me, just make sure to like subscribe, share, uh, keep coming back and watching these and thanks. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week on another podcast. Yes. Thank you.